Jacob Quinn has won the national championship for the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th Second Podcast. My name is Keith Woodward, and I'll be your host. On this episode, we're going to take you on a journey all the way to the national championship overtime goal, and then a little bit more. With that, let's start with Rand Peckman. 2 0, uh, second period, almost halfway through the second period, and uh, finally Quinnipiac uh, gets on the board. Metza keeps it in. Puck bouncing around for the Bobcats. Goes in front. Score! When you watch that play, yeah. What what? How do you read it as a coach? Well, the first thing that I notice right away is it's an elite play by Zach Metz to hold the blue. Uh, we talk a lot about shrinking the zone. We, we're not we're not as locked into the shrink as as a lot of NHL teams are. But Joe does a really good job of getting the D to hold. Metz is better. Some of D are do it more than others, but like he's just most D would just bail right there. Like they would just bail back, and then you get a neutral zone, you regroup and go back. But he so he makes a big time pass, and Telly makes a big time goal. But Metz is really the read he makes to hold, and the confidence he has, and he knows that he can he can make that play. That's that's the thing that jumps out at me. And second period was pretty much the ice was tilting towards your favor, right at that yeah. point in time. I mean, I think you. I got, thought we controlled the second. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. And and so third period, you go in and. You, What's the? I know you don't say much, generally speaking, in between periods. Yep. But but what was that like? Yeah, I didn't think I needed to say a lot. Um, I wish we had. I wish we had filmed it. <laughs> I would. I'd like to see it. I wish we had filmed what I said before the overtime too. But we didn't, so we'll just move on. Because I don't remember fully. I just know I didn't talk long. But I'm like, you know, like just, it was same stuff that we talked about all year. Like, hey, you know, let's just keep attacking our adversity and, um, you know, play to our identity and do the things that we do well and. Um, I don't think there was anything major. I, I think it was a pretty in between second there was a short talk and before overtime was like it was like nothing. It was like 20 seconds. It was literally might have been less than 20 seconds. Um, I think the in between the over, overtime I just walked in. I remember making eye contact with Christoph Fillion. You had to the way you walk in the usually you come in the room and then you stand in front of them like you're in front of them already. This one you kind of came in there was m- multiple doors. You came in the back side. I had to walk to the front so I could see everybody. And I always remember making I don't know why, but I made eye contact with, eye with Philly, and he's just got this smile a mile wide, and I locked on with him, and I, I don't, I'm sure I made eye contact with other guys too, but, and I just got to the front of the room, and like, I'm like, you guys want to do this? And they're all like, you know, they were so fired up. I was like, all right, let's go. That was it. So it probably was eight seconds. Uh, it probably took me longer to walk to the front, and uh, I think I said, no, do you want to get this done? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. So, uh, but it was, it was all good. And you talked a little bit earlier about this, uh, about obviously the goal with, um, that uh, that Colin scores, but Colin had a great shot opportunity right before that, and yep. it just didn't just didn't capitalize on it. But um, you know, with 36 seconds left, you, that's when you decide to go six on four. One I was talking about. Wow! Timeout. And I like this move by Rand Pecknold. He's going to use his timeout, and he'll get a chance to get his top power play unit back out on the ice for the final 30 seconds here. Yeah. So our first unit. Uh, had been out there with Graf had, and Matson and those guys had been out there really long. So the second unit had just gotten out there. Our first unit is it's better. They're more productive. I like our second. They're they're good players too. But th- we needed to get we needed to rest the first and put them back out. And I'm like, it's three and a half minutes. Like we got to go. Um, it's an ozone draw. 
very unlikely that they're going to win it clean and get a, a chance down the ice. So w- especially the way we hunt and how hard we are on pucks, um, we, we should be good to go. Um, so I made the move to, to do it there, and we, we had practiced it. Telly knows he's going on. He takes Lipkin's spot on that flank, and then Lipkin slides in to go off the post. One of the things that, you know, when, I, when you watch it, right, and, you're, and what we've got on is you talking to your players. I mean, every single one of them is locked. I mean, yeah. your coaches are locked in. Everybody's locked in. They realize this is the moment. Yeah. Now they're set up. One-timer. Oh, what a block by Faber. Great block by Faber. And I love that, too. That's great coachability. Like, we turned. We, we knew we were going to bring it all the way back. Like, we're, gonna, we're not going to let them change. And so, to your point, right, you've talked about, and, and I'm kind of pointing out the video, but you got Sam on the backside. You've got two players in front. Yeah, ready well, for- yeah. I always talk about Sam being there, but like he's the goalie is who's really good. He's an excellent goalie. He's worried about Brindamore, and you've got two tip threats, and we've scored a lot of goals into Brindamore or DeYoung. Uh, they've probably watched us on video, and we've scored a lot with the, that, that that low tip play. Yeah. So and that's what he thinks we're that's what he thinks we're running. So he's got th- right. The goalie's got to be worried about three things: the shot, the tip, and then Sam on the backside. Is yeah, that all? Yeah. Is that Brindamore's tip? Sam on the backside. He's probably and you got Telly too. He can go. You can go dot to dot. You can hit the seam. He's probably got four things. Yeah, it's a lot. It's hard. Six on four. Six on five stuff. Six on four is really hard. Yeah, right. It's harder for the goalie. Draft has it. Power play over. Six on five. Is here comes Cooley. Draft better shoot it. Let's go! And so you, you kind of have a moment here where you're back, obviously back in it, but you still got two and a half minutes to play yep. before you can, you know, right. breathe a little bit, a, a little bit, and go back in the locker room. Um, Correct. And so dominated the third period. I mean, I don't, I don't even think that's debatable. Right. I mean, fifteen to two or sixteen to two, whatever it was. Uh, you talked a little bit about how already how you went to the locker room, um, and then obviously we we get to we get to overtime. Now I haven't heard you talk about this. Yep. But I want to show you. I've been of all the things I want to talk to you. This is what I want to talk about, yep. about, about, about the most. Yeah. The puck goes into your end, yep. I- into your bench, and I think Joey hands you the puck. Somebody hands me the puck. Joey hands you the puck. He told me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I always get the puck, and I always, whenever this happens, I always do it. I always turn around and I find a young kid, boy or a girl, and I throw the puck to him. I always do it. I get the puck this time, and there's all these forty and fifty year olds drunk. With Minnesota and Michigan, and I can't even find someone with a Quinnipiac shirt to throw the puck to. Like it took me a while. If you watch, I, I, it takes me forever. But that's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah, it is the national championship game. Yeah. We're in overtime, and Rand Pecknold, who's been in this moment twice before, yep. he's got 600 wins. I'm not giving that puck to the guy with the Michigan and the Minnesota right. shirt. 100. Yeah. percent But you're giving the puck away. Uh, yeah, I was looking for. I couldn't. There were no kids behind us at all. Like I those are prime seats. I heard. Actually, you. in hindsight, I should have held the puck. And give it to my ten-year-old son because that would be that he would have been pretty pretty psyched. But I, I didn't think about holding it for Rex. But was there a redhead in the audience that you gave? It yeah. To? Then I finally found that I couldn't tell how old she was, but the the dad's actually a reporter. Um, I got to think of the name. Um, he actually sent me an email. He's a he's a big time reporter in Minnesota. Oh really? Yeah. So I gave it. I don't know how old the girl was, but I found a yeah way back. So you so a ginger to a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> because by the time you turn around, because if you watch this. This is uh, this is. I love that this captivates you. Oh, it does. Yeah. It totally captivates uh-huh. me because I watched it live because I was ten rows up from right there. Yeah. And when the play starts, 
You're not even watching the play. You're still turning uh, around. I'm throwing looking, it right, right there. there. He's driving the, the play. Yeah, turn going, around. And, uh, yeah, turn around. Now we, well, we're at the national. Yeah, but I, I had the line out that I wanted. We had the matchup we wanted, and, and Joe handles the neutral zone face. <laughs> it's his call. He'd already, he'd already called the play. He called the play before. Like, we didn't change the play. We were running the play on the first drop. Right. Well, and he said, when I talked to Joe, he said, you didn't call, that wasn't a play called in the locker room. That was a play called on ice based on who, was, who Minnesota had on the ice at the time. I, again, Joe's in charge. I have okay. no idea what he did. I haven't even talked to him about it. I just know it's the jet. That's what we call. It. We we can't remember why we named it that. Yes, yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he took me th- he took me through it a little we're bit. We're not we're not sure why we call it the jet, but so okay. I think it was the third time we ran in the game. It wasn't the first time. Yeah, no. I, I think I saw this. I think yeah. I think I found the two. The other, other two times we gained the zone. Um, we didn't get a look like this off it. Like you you really when you run a, a neutral zone play, you just want to gain the zone and go establish a forecheck. So, so, so really, Jacob getting in the right spot and beating a player to the puck, and and this defender has no real ability at this point because he's behind. Right? No, he's done. He hesitates. He he hesitates for like a split second in the neutral zone. He's done. And as a scorer, and which Jacob is obviously yeah. right. He's yeah. He takes the extra second or half a second to go backside. Yeah, big time play. It's I mean, the right play. Right. I mean, but. A lot of a lot of kids might just try shooting that right th- right there yeah, correct. at that moment, yeah. trying to shoot it. It's a big time goal, and the goal the goalie doesn't have a chance. Yeah, he doesn't have a chance. It's big time. And there goes the twig. And then listen, here's a great story on the gloves. So you can see Quillen. One glove goes in the stands. So I asked him. I'm like, Jacob, where where did your other glove go? He goes, oh, I got it in my locker. And. I had left tickets. Do you know who Michael Breed is? Mm-hmm. He's on uh, PGA Tour Radio. Yeah. So I had left tickets for, for Michael Breed's wife and his kids. And uh, his kid got the glove in the stands. I'm like, there's 20,000 people. And I let, and his kid. So I, I, had, I had Quillen sign the other glove. Yeah. And I brought it because there's, tw- there's two boys. Yeah. And so now they, they each have a glove in their room. One signed, one's not. We'll get the other one signed later. But it's a small world. And, we're, and the stick went in the stands, too. And we're trying to get the... Uh, we're trying to get the stick back. I don't know if it ever. I should talk to Quillen. I don't he think was, he got it back. Yeah, we're we're trying. We should really a get Michigan that. guy got it. I think. Yeah, right? we, we actually we shouldn't have it. We really the hockey hall of fame is probably going to want it. Yeah, but, that's a good point. That's a yeah. great. That is a great point. Yeah, I should talk to Cuba. We were going to trade something for it, but I bet the hockey hall of fame would want it. I but, bet they would too. Yep. And so, what's that I'm looking at right there? Yeah, I'm a mess. But you're a mess. But it's emotionally, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Right, like this. Is, I mean. I'm getting goosebumps telling this story yeah. right now, just because emotionally overwhelmed. I'm, I'm I would so say. Uh, right because I'm just so happy for you because it's, it's just such a moment that you're like, oh my god, like it really yeah. happened. Are you tearing up right now? I am. I'm welling up right now. <laughs> well, I you're gonna make me do that, no, you can't dude. Do that. Oh, no, because man. I've known you for so long, yeah. and it's such, and you know how much we both care about Quinnipiac, and it's like, yeah. and when you think about the beginnings of Quinnipiac, and you think about how long we've been here, and we think about like, you know, even Trish, you know, I've mentioned yep. this before, right. Trish getting to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, those things don't happen to. You know, no. these other schools, it doesn't happen right. to, but it's, it has happened here. Yep. And just to just to see what you have to, what you go through because of all your time here, is is incredible. Yep. It's just really incredible. Yeah, I wish there was a better thing of after we scored, Joe Dume. So he's standing on the bench. <laughs> I'm behind the bench. He stands because he can't see anything. Like so I don't see, yes. So I don't <laughs> see the goal because my guys all stood up and blocked me. I, I'm like, did it go in? And before I could even tell if I'm trying to peek, I'm on my tippy toes, and I get tackled. Joe takes three strides and jumps. Oh, like So now he's above me. It's like I've got this animal on my back almost. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Uh, so he literally tackled me on the bench, and then I'm like holding him up, and then I don't know, Corbs must have, I don't know, I don't even. That was a melee after that. Yeah, and it's just pandemonium, right? Yeah, it it's was crazy. just absolutely pandemonium. Yeah. In fact, yeah. most people can't even remember what happened the next 20 minutes because it's just no. I just remember after we won, I was like, I got to get my my wife and kids on the ice. Yep. Um, and we had set that up beforehand, but I'm like, I'm hoping they get out here. Yeah. I knew I had to go do this thing. Yeah. I almost fell yeah. off the thing there. <laughs> and then I feel bad, you know, for the coach. But then there's a stick. Well, you've been in that spot where yeah, you got to go stick right there. Yep. Gonna, they were going to trip on, so I moved that. But yeah. you just got to go shake hands and. Yep. Yep. That's killer right there. Who I know. Yep. But I don't know the other assistant. Um, I just know him a little bit. And. Now you got to go on ESPN. Yeah. You got to do an interview. Yeah. So hold on. Let me ask. Let me ask. As written, let me ask the question. Yeah. Because you're gonna love this. Where Where is it here? I think I I think I researched. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. According to the internet, which of course you get got to rely on. Yeah, it's always right. There are 16 types of hugs, ranging from side hug, friend hug, bear hug. Which would you describe, out of all the t- hug types that you know about, your hug to Colby Cohen? I have no clue. Friend hug? Friend hug? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you, you, were the, you were the guy that needed the hug. All right, so to clarify, <clears throat> there's, there's a little more to the story than just the hug. All right, let's go. So when we're at the regional mm-hmm. for Merrimack and Ohio State, um, we stayed in a hotel, mm-hmm. the Trumbull Marriott. Mm-hmm. Which is not far from my house, but I'm like Nikki. I gotta. I can't. I can't be. I can't have Rex come and ask me to do this and drive the kids. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta lock this in. So, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Colby Cohen, who I hug, and John Butchergrass were covering. They were there every night. Uh huh. So I saw them every night in the bar restaurant. We hung out every night. Had wings together. I already know them before this, but. I'm friends with these guys. Mm-hmm, right, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, Bucci more than, than than Colby, but I had just seen them a bunch right before. And then when they got down there. Oh, hold on. That looks like a side hug. Is it a side? I'm not sure. I mean, it's kind of shoulder. It's kind of. Ma- Go I, ahead. You're, you're, you're better at that than me. But <laughs> when they got, we, we got down there Tuesday night, Colby and Bucci texted me, where are you? I told them where we were. They came over and said hi to me. We hung out for a little bit there. Yeah. So there's. There's a there's, there's a little a more that this is not a yeah, 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 guy yeah, 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 that I don't yeah, yeah. know at yes, all. 100%. Am I best friends with him? No. Right. But I do know him. He's a good guy. He actually texted me. I I, I should. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna look it up. But Come he te- on. He texted me a couple of days later, and he's like, "That was awesome." <laughs> he's like, "Thanks." He thanked me. I was like, "I'm like, I hope I helped your career." He's like, "Oh, that was fantastic." <laughs> that is so, awesome. So, anyway. but it just talks about like it, I mean, when we talk about it before, I mean, it it just talks about the moment, right? Like. You had accomplished something that you've been trying to do since you were, you know, first on Bert Kahn's office in whatever, yeah, 1994. Yeah, no, that's not true because I wasn't trying to accomplish. No, but, in 1994, no, but, but, I was just trying to survive fair, Division three hockey fair, but as and get your, a better practice time. Fair, but as your career has yeah, gone, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, that's absolutely. the goal. The goal. Yeah. When you went Division One hockey and when you got in the ECAC and when you got a building and you're getting players, yeah. the, that's the goal. I mean, you were there. Yeah, ten, I, I would say that ago, wasn't always that was my n- goal. I would say it's more of a culmination of 29 years of feeling like I'm, I'm, I always have to swim upstream. I always have to. I okay. have to battle. Yep. I always have to battle to get to get what we need to be successful. Even sometimes here at Quinnipiac, I have to battle to get what I need. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, and and I usually win, but it's 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 just never easy. It's never like, oh yeah, well okay, that's what we need to do because that's what 
Michigan. That's what Big Ten schools do. You know, like that's who we're competing against. So it's it's just always constantly for my 29 years in a variety of situations having to swim upstream. It's hard. And so this is, you know, the culmination. It's a pretty good culmination. Yeah, I finally, I finally, I finally got to go downhill. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty good com, yeah. uh, pretty good ending. Um, two more, and then uh, I'll let you go. The Monday after um, is crazy, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, forget the celebration for a second, which was a great celebration and a great, yeah. great. But the NHL is calling, <clears throat> and the NHL is probably calling for players and maybe for coaches, and other teams are calling yeah. for coaches. Yeah. You never, I'm sure you've had to deal with that in the past, but how do you deal with that as a head coach with so many people and so much demands on your time? Yeah, I think you always deal with it. Like, I mean, it's not every year, but it seems like every year we have one player that's an underclassman that we might lose to the NHL, to an NHL contract. Not doesn't mean they're going to go to the NHL, they're going to get signed the NHL contract and go to the American League. But mm-hmm. you want that NHL con- you don't want an AHL contract. That's, mm-hmm. you get the HL contract, you're in the A or the coast. Mm-hmm. NHL contract, mm-hmm. you're at least, you're not going any lower than the A. So I feel like almost every year we have at least one guy we have to deal with that on. This year was five. It was crazy. It was mayhem. So we don't know who's coming back, who's going. What we had done as a staff, had done a really good job of, and I give, I give Joe and Corbs a lot of credit for this, was we had really prepared well for this. And we had a lot of players, hey, if, um, if, Colin Graf leaves, you come in. If Colin Graf comes back, then you play another. Like we had a lot of kids set up for that, um, and we, we learned to do that the last couple of years um, in the recruiting process. So kids understand, hey, it might be this year, it might be next year. That's um, so we were in good position with that. But it was it was chaos. It was a lot. Um, it took it took a while. I think Graf might have been the last one to decide. So that was pivotal, you know. Um, and you, with all five players, you have to give them your advice. What do you, what do you need? What do you not need? What are you looking for? What do you want to do? Um, and I think I'm, I think I'm always really honest with the players. Like I remember when Devon Tays, and I knew the Islanders were going to offer him, and I said, Devon, I said I'd love to have you back, but you, you need to go. Like you're, like you're, you're, you're ready. Um, and uh, I remember Bryce Van Brabant, same thing. I was like, Bryce, like, I would love to have you back. But, like, he was literally going right to the NHL. I was 2014. He was going to go play games for Calgary right then. I'm like, dude, I'll drive you to the airport. And I remember Bryce going, Coach, you don't want me back? I'm like, no, you would, you'd be our captain. You'd be our, you know, whatever. But I'm like, you, you, you're going to go play in the NHL. Like, you, you know, like, it's, this, is a, this is a great offer. You have to take it. Um, so I think I'm pretty honest and upfront with our guys because I, I think there were a few this year that um, I, didn't think they were, I didn't think they should go. Like, I think they will have it next year. Um, 2016, we had four offered. That was crazy. We had both Cliftons, Sam Annis, and Devontae's. Uh, but to give you an idea of, of how much these guys take my advice, um, I thought uh, Devon and Timmy should sign. Uh, Devon did. Timmy didn't listen to me. He came back, <laughs> which was great. Um, and then Cliffy, Connor Clifton came back, which I thought he should. He needed probably need another year. And I didn't love where Arizona was with him either. They weren't handling the, the whole thing well. So I was like, come back. And I thought Sam should come back for another year. And he didn't listen to me and he signed. So um, I was only two for two. So they don't always really listen to you, you yeah, know, like yeah. even though, because you're not their coach anymore. If they're going to sign, they're like, oh, I'm done with you. And but, plus they've got a lot of voices, right? I mean, it's not oh, just, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, not yeah. just you your got, voice. It's oh my God. The, the, you know, mom and dad and, you know, it's it's yeah. agents and different things. But, um, you know, uh, the, the guys that came back, I think, might have made the right decision. They'll have opportunities next year. They'll get better. You know, like, it's one thing you, you if you're if you're like, all right, I, I need to keep developing as a hockey player. Well, 
if you just had this monster development year here, you're probably going to have another really good, it might not be as high, but it's going to be, you're on a great path. Like, you know, you're learning and getting better here. It'd be one thing if you just stalemated, you know, or you stagnated, sorry, that's a better word right. than stalemate, stagnated. All right, well now it's time to move on. I need to be challenged differently. Yeah. Um, but we have this great development model. So anyway, it was, it was a little touch and go there for a bit. Um, and then we were scrambling on the goalies because that was, that was probably the biggest thing. Because if Yanni's leaving, like, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. No, I mean, I think three out of the last four years or three out of the last five years, maybe, your goalie's been in the top three or yeah. four. Right. I mean, it's yeah. really, we always, yeah, it's we, really critical. We can go right? back to Hartzell. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had great goaltending for a long time. Hartzell, Shortridge, Gartig, um, Petro. I'm probably missing somebody in there. Sorry, what's, I probably missed somebody. No, that's uh, right. <laughs> what, what's opening night look like uh, in October? Uh, I'm excited. They open it with Boston College, big time program. Um, we've got 12 new players out of the 26, so it's a it's a lot. Like we got cleaned out for sure. Yeah. Uh, but again, as they say, always like we got cleaned out last year too. Like so we got to get these guys to buy in and buy in fast. Um, NBC, you know, has the you know number one recruiting class in the country, um, and maybe maybe one of the better recruiting classes in a long time that anybody's got. That's crazy the kids they have. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a handful with the high end players they have. But um, I'm excited for it. I'm sure the rink will be rocking. And thanks for coming in and doing this. Oh, it's oh, been well, uh, a lot of fun, yeah. and uh, and appreciate you coming in yeah. doing it. It's going to be a great uh, series when everybody hears this. Yeah, All you're right. very welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to the 10th Second Podcast, and our guest has been Rand Pecknold, the head coach of the men's hockey team. And on a personal note, I just want to say thank you to Rand for allowing us to uh, get inside the program and learn a little bit more about the successes, the challenges, and obviously the national championship. On the next episode, we're going to talk to some more players. Sam Lipkin, Zach Metza, Jacob Quillen, and Colin Graff all come in the studio. We talk about their arrival to campus. We talk about the season. And then eventually, we talk about the Minnesota game. Our production crew is Justin Morosky, who is our producer and audio engineer. Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward, and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 10th second and also follow the podcast account at QU Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode.